Rugakshi. Yes. We're going me. back to the basics today. Are we? Apparently. Okay. What? Basics of what? Uh, well, I think we'll we'll figure that out. Okay. <laughs> over the course of this discussion, I actually did compile a few notes while you were mentally uh, working on the computer. There, no, actually on my phone. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was about to spoil what you were actually doing, but what I, do you mean? I don't know who's going to be the listener of oh, the show. Oh, that's true. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did get some some topics because it's been a while since we had an episode. How long has it been? Sorry. What? How long has it been? Since what? Our last episode. Sorry, I was thinking about what I did on the computer and how it sounds really bad if someone someone's head goes to some bad places. But You're taking <laughs> these people's heads to those places right now. <laughs> I was buying a Christmas present. Yes, that's what you were doing. Okay, you not say it like that. Um, yeah, it's been a while since we did our last episode. Right, and a lot has gone down since the last episode i think it's actually been like something like seven or eight months since our last episode i think it's been less but i, I actually just don't remember it's something like march or april okay what's our plans Bruga? are we gonna continue this episode yeah. or not so a couple of you uh, messaged us telling us that you support us if we do different things and we really thank you for those messages but i guess in the past seven or eight months keegan and i at least in the past couple of months, Keegan and I have been working on different things just with um, our time and our skills. And we really miss working together because that's what we did for the last four years. Yeah, uh, the podcast, doing the podcast together has been very fulfilling. Yeah, so we decided not to do separate things. And we are indeed going to do a thing together. And that would be another podcast, probably not go full not not go full crypto 100% not go full crypto but we will start podcasting on another show that we create after we finish 100 of these right so that's this episode and one more yeah and uh, i don't know what we might do for okay. our 100th episode yeah but it'll be a send-off yeah of sorts yeah yeah and then what we jump into next we hope that some of you follow us to this new channel i think that we'll if have you want to. if you want to of course freedom um uh, <laughs> and, but uh if you don't that's fine we are gonna like tr definitely talk about crypto and bitcoin in our new show but uh, we also want the ability to um branch out a little bit and uh like talk about other things have every episode not be about cryptocurrency because yeah. as much as we love this field um and this topic of what we uh uh, like as much as we like it we we also i mean our lives are just going in different places yeah right um what what about what, what else Marga? like why else would we want to like what else have we decided to be the reason for us it's jumping really into hard another area to, it's really hard to um stay on topic like with goflow crypto when we did the first 20 or first dozen episodes it was all covering the basics which was great but once we covered the basics then we you and i ran out of things to want to cover um and and like not dumb it down necessarily but really build up the audience from hey you haven't heard about any of this this is what this is like building your fundamentals um and then i think as we started doing more episodes and bringing on more guests or even talking just you and i uh different things involving either cryptocurrencies or bitcoin uh, surfaced in the news and we started discussing those and probably went on a couple of tangents and didn't really uh, it didn't relate to crypto as much to me, according to me. So 
if we want to continue a podcast, I think boxing us into a crypto podcast or specifically Bitcoin podcast, it'll be really hard to uh, continue producing content in that particular domain because we don't do that every single day anymore. Um, but we live every single day. So it's um, in the sense that it's easier to discuss the things that we've been learning or the books that we've been reading and um, our opinions on the news, even if it's in crypto or whatever else. And it's just easier to do that than stick into stick into a crypto box. Yeah, that makes sense. Stick and, to a crypto box. Um, like when we had some guests on, we've got some feedback from a couple of our friends uh, and other listeners that said that um, they actually... Um, like don't listen to our guest episodes and like they like us for us and our friends over at the elevate podcast they've got similar feedback yeah um and that's really interesting it's like okay so if people are going to come with us to watch our our other show they're going to come for us yeah and uh, not necessarily uh because we've got other like different guests or good guests on the other uh, on the other show they're going to they're going to come to hear us yeah uh, which is cool it's cool to have you along for that that ride yeah so you said we're going to go back to the basics. What did you mean? Oh, yeah, this is what I mean. So like since the last episode that we did, like seven months ago, uh, like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency have actually changed a lot, in my opinion, just like the whole landscape. I mean, it's kind of weird that we haven't put out an episode during the last seven months because um, I'm sure a number of you would have appreciated um hearing our commentary on uh like how to process like arguably one of the worst bear markets uh the crypto has seen since its inception like it's it's pretty bad the bloodbath is 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 here (laughs) are you Um, saying that because more money has been lost because more people now had access in the past couple in past couple months in this bear market like um, why is it worse than other i think it's the ways in which the money is being lost and um it's definitely come to like make the space look like i think the space should be embarrassed quite frankly um because well um you know bitcoin started in 2008 2009 and encrusted on the genesis block is like um uh what is it uh, chancellor on second bailout on brink of second bailout for banks right it's supposed to be this homage to um uh like defeating corruption uh yet like the sbf uh, ftx crash is like it's all about corruption and so we've just created the same system and the fact that like cryptocurrencies at the at the center of it hasn't helped in like weeding out uh, in bringing in transparency and weeding out corruption at all but it's in in okay so there's this this is the optics of it i'm not saying like I'm no not i understand yeah. but i think fundamentally and philosophically history doesn't repeat itself but people always do right and thinking about you know mining bitcoin bitcoin exists in software right and that software has had a little bit of tweaks to it but not in in a way that it has completely changed the way that it was produced back in 2008 2009 so uh, if you think of even gold, for example, you will be able to provide better descriptions of what exactly happened. But even in empires where they wanted to increase the amount of money there was and gold was their money, then they made an alloy out of gold. People caught on and the value of that money decreased uh, 
very quickly after people realize, hey, this is not pure gold. So gold itself didn't change, but the people in power decided to manipulate how much gold existed so that they could have more money. But the truth always catches on. So in the same sense, like Bitcoin hasn't changed. I think that the software remains pure with its intentions of being a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. And that's uh, as long as we don't tweak that part of the software, uh, that's not going to change. But with respect to the entire cryptocurrency system, if people are in charge of something and they have a responsibility, like with great power comes great responsibility. Corruption but, is possible in but, those systems that yeah, you're describing. But what's that other quote? Um, absolute power corrupts, corrupts absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you can't corrupt Bitcoin because you can't have absolute power over the code base that every miner and every miner is running to uh, to mine Bitcoin and run Bitcoin. So with respect to what's been happening, I don't think that it's a surprise. Because if people have access to that much power and they're not philosophically, um, morally, ethically, uh, yeah, morally, ethically, or if they're not in touch and if they're not with that side of themselves and if they're not um, experienced in the case of at least FTX and their leadership, it's, I don't want to say it's bound to fail or it's going to fail, but it definitely raises some red flags. Yeah, and one of the people that I've been really impressed with, um, who uh, who's a buddy of ours, Brad Mills. Um, shout out, Brad. Shout out, Brad. He, um, I'm just incredibly impressed with Brad because uh, he'll he'll like retweet some of his tweets from last year, and he he's called these collapses and these um, these breakups, these uh, these Ponzi schemes, um, like way before uh, these things actually started to fall apart. Um, like he's seeing the forest through the trees and building a lot For of credibility in his in his, uh, his messaging and whatnot. Because uh, like his messaging has always been what you just said. It's like you've got crypto and then you've got Bitcoin. And Bitcoin is something completely different. And I think that that particular narrative, um, if you're paying attention, if you're listening, is stronger than ever. That Bitcoin is not crypto. It's um, It does have this, this property of being... Um, uh, uncorruptible in some sense because uh, there is less people involved there's much more code and, and the code is reliable um, so like I've been happy to see that all go down um, but yeah if, if you're looking for someone to to follow reliably Brad um, Brad Mills um, definitely go check him out he called the Celsius uh, the Celsius, Celsius and Luna and, and FTX Lu- and even BlockFi I think for that matter yeah he sounded the alarms way before it all went off and it's like shoot that takes someone who's really paying attention that's true Brad pays attention. he does but i also just want to say that even if he has been right like four or five he can times in the rest in the past i don't i don't i haven't been keeping track of what he sounded the alarm on and he's been wrong on because i true like i don't keep track of that right. yes. so um follow him if you like his content because we like he's a great guy and he has the best of intentions for everybody and he has a great story so follow him for that but like i wouldn't say follow him as a chart or as a trading <laughs> signal like do whatever he says yeah right 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 he, yeah, so he was in front of the canadian parliament the other week as well um giving um like so Canada's going through this little like looking at blockchain technology th- and deciding what to do with it and so Brad was invited to go and speak sort of more or less like 
on behalf of Bitcoin. Um, obviously, like he was not nominated by Bitcoin and there's no Bitcoin company that would say, hey, Brad, go do this. But uh, Brad's a prominent Bitcoiner in Canada. And I think he went and represented um, the interests of uh, like, you should go and listen to it. Like we'll put it in the show notes because uh, he comes at it from uh, his personal story, which is uh, you can go and check out one of our episodes with Brad as well. But he talks about... Um, like being uh, getting gaining a lot of financial literacy from Bitcoin, but also growing up in like a bit of an impoverished state and under an economic depression in Cape Breton, Nova Scotia. Um, and I think those messages delivered to the Canadian Parliament um, are like those are the kinds of messages that need to be delivered because Brad's story, what he lived, and how Bitcoin helped himself turn um, his economic circumstances around. That's actually going on right now all over the world in places that are experiencing economic depression on like a nationwide level. Like the Bitcoin conference that just took place in Africa. It's just been like all over my Twitter feed for the last two weeks. And it's, it's a, it's beautiful. It's quite beautiful. Just like who's there, what are they building? Uh, why are they building it? Um, like Ray Youssef, um, CEO of Paxwell, he sent out uh, a message to his 10 million users um, saying, Hey, get your money off of our platform. It's like, who d- who does that? He's <laughs> um, like, you should be self-custodying. This I is the guide. This is the reason why. Jesse yeah. Powell said that too. Yeah, she did. CEO of Kraken. Yeah. yeah. I don't know about Brian Armstrong, but I do remember Jesse Powell coming out when the whole Freedom Convoy thing happened. And he said that if, you, if you're not trading, if you have no use for your Bitcoin or assets on Kraken, just put them in cold storage don't leave them on the exchange and i think he said that from the point of view of him not him his hands being tied if the canadian government or whoever else came to him whoever else that had the authority uh came to crack in and said hey you're gonna need to disclose all of the information for these people who have done xyz things um and like i think he would have had to comply which in one sense is great when there's um when there's bad stuff happening with those uh, people or those names but with respect to the whole convoy thing that was that was a whole other level of uh, actions that were taken that i'm i I hope there's more clarity on that whole situation i wouldn't really go on that tangent right now but that was a little bit of a mess uh, with respect to people's privacy and people's money yeah and jesse is no longer ceo of kraken i didn't anymore. know that yeah and dan held also left his uh chief of marketing chief marketing officer at kraken position so i'm mm-hmm. like who's running kraken now i don't know <laughs> oh i didn't know he left kraken yeah that's interesting i should log in t- i need to log on to my kraken account and make sure that uh, i have made the necessarily necessary steps to either leave funds on there or not yep yeah, it's always that's a good practice. So that's a back to the basics uh, note. Uh, put an asterisk there. Um, like, I think it was back in March I started taking um, cryptocurrency off of uh, exchanges simply because well we're in a bear market. I'm not trading in a bear market. I don't really, I'm not a professional trader. Don't really know how to do that. By the way, like things were starting to go sideways with respect to um, like three hours capital Celsius. Like the warning signs were there, and I was like, mm, okay probably a good decision just to go into cold storage and so um like that's a back to the basics sort of thing um you know hearkening to the theme of this episode yeah you really need to be on the ball because i'm sitting here saying i need to go check kraken and i haven't in the past couple of months and i don't really remember how much 
or if if anything is on there um, but i don't have that confidence so if anyone listening if you haven't uh, checked all of the exchanges that you have your funds on make it a point to do that maybe after listening to this episode or pause it right here and go check it out um, just to make sure that you're entering the crypto winter with and with so many bankruptcies and possibly some more regulations with your assets being safe and not on the exchange if you don't need them to be yep so that's that's a good good uh, good suggestion yeah like Murga said pause it come back and if you don't know how to take your money off of an exchange and put it into cold storage or just um a, a wallet that you own with a 12 word phrase then uh, send us a message and we'll we'll forward you a guide or something like that there's lots of yeah good guides that we could recommend you follow out there and we also wallets and whatnot done an episode i think it was in the first dozen episodes that we did about where, self-custody yeah where we talked about forget what we called it now <laughs> how you can move your bitcoin off of the exchange into a hardware wallet or a paper wallet or just cold storage in general and the difference between the other wallets but we were that was two and a half years ago so i don't remember if we were good at conveying the message then at least over a podcasting uh, medium so if you did have questions or if we're confused we're happy to help you yeah so as far as back to the base like back to the basics topic number two or three i don't really know where we're at right now but um how do you murgachi think people should be conceptualizing the bear market in terms of uh like is my investment safe um like is this an investment is everything imploding i'm terrified the world economy is also not looking that good how's crypto supposed to be like perform in wartime in um when interest rates are rising uh like i think that we should maybe just give a little commentary there it's like it's kind of would have been nice for us to do this throughout (laughs) throughout the the bear market like throughout the last six months but um, we can kind of get into it now a little bit well it's a really bad time to take on debt and um trade with it like you experimented with when last year when you took on debt and true the risk was less there the risk was low not only with respect to the interest that well, the risk existed, yeah. but it, I would say the risk was still moderate. Yes, but the interest agreed. rate on the debt was low. Yes. And there was enough volatility in the market still that it was possible for you to either make your money back or take a small hit or make more make money on your trades. But taking on debt right now and, and doing that whole strategy, it's not a good time for that at all. I, th- I think dollar cost averaging in just in general throughout the bull market or the bear market is the best way to accumulate your Bitcoin savings account. Yes. Simply because you don't have to think about it. It's a small amount. You can buy what $5 or $10 worth of Bitcoin every single day or every single month if you can. And then just forget about it because what else are you going to do? You can't really watch the price. There's really not much happening there. Well, there is. It's going lower. Okay. Yeah. Like, not much happening there in the sense of, like, it's not going up and down by 15 or 20% every single day or within a day. Yeah, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Bitcoin is actually more stable than the S&P 500 right now. Um, But with respect to how many days, like, what is the... That's a good question. I'm not sure what over what span of time they're measuring that on, but the volatility index is less right now. And it's just... 
like yeah the the number of days totally matters because if it's the last seven days then like that's kind of a <laughs> uh, like a poop stat like that's not where good... did you read that headline oh i saw it on twitter um well I... there's not a lot of context on that tweet then <laughs> no there's not um but uh i did like look into it and then i saw like i saw it from multiple sources and so i chose to believe it um but that's just <laughs> half a headline Oh, no, no, I, like, I read the thing as well, and, like, I looked into the chart, and I looked at the chart, and I didn't internalize how many days <laughs> it was, but, uh, yes. That, I, I, I think that's crucial to it know is crucial. over what period of time. Yeah, so, I mean, here's the point of any piece of information you get, like, you know, we just told you a thing. Now, you, our listener, <laughs> should probably be responsible to go and, like, look stuff up if you want to go and repeat this to a friend or whatnot. Yeah, don't quote Keegan on it. Don't quote me. <laughs> or do. So, what about it? Um, that's just... I just thought it was funny. But, um, <laughs> like, the way that I uh, internalize, like, a bear market and, like, Bitcoin going lower is, uh, like, I think I'm less stressed the lower that Bitcoin is, quite frankly. Like, Bitcoin going lower makes me, like, You're secretly, so sadistically happy. Like, I was actually quite stressed when we were in a bull market because I'm, like, just the FOMO was unbearable. Um, but, yeah, I had to explain this to a friend the other night that, like, I'm actually, like, quite at ease now that Bitcoin's, like, gone lower than I was expecting because uh it's the opportunity yeah, to accumulate more units very high expectations i hope that anybody that listened <laughs> to you talk about this doctor floor ratio chart did more due diligence and did not take you take your word for it because you were you were sure that bitcoin was gonna uh, be priced at a hundred thousand us at the end of what last 2022, year 2022 yeah no this year sorry 2021 year, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, I was sure. I yeah. was yeah, I was sure. Yeah. I probably shouldn't have been that sure. Um, uh -huh. But like on top of that, I, like saying how sure I was like on podcasts Keegan, is like not exactly a great idea. You were, no, you said that at workshops too. And I and I told you, I, I, I think I remember having this conversation that I don't think you can be this sure. One, because you're looking at a chart and I had just finished reading uh, Morgan Housel's book on money i don't remember the name but the market does exactly what you least expect it to do no well yeah sure but uh profits are not something like that um but the past is not a determiner of the future right like you can always look at the chart after the chart is always formed after something has happened but you can't really make that a trend and forecast something into the future because of the past uh behavior that it 100 percent showed Lessons hard learned, for sure. Yeah, um, I need uh, I need to learn how to get you out of your um, my thought bubbles, your confidence. Your no, okay, so but at the same tunnel time, vision, like, I do confidence. think like I'm careful-ish with my language, and like when I'm pointing to these charts, like I, I I do listen to those things that 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 you were coaching me around, like past events not a future predictor and like you know be careful about what you say and yada 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 but like when i'm pointing people in those directions i'm, I'm trying to like talk around like look this is this chart and like this it does seem that like to be roughly following this trajectory not to say that it's going to go here but i think it will that's usually how i put things like i think it will and that and that's my honest answer i'm going to tell you honestly what i think bitcoin's going to yeah, do yeah but 
we'll just have to dedicate an entire episode to talking about the price though because the price can um can be really hard to make peace with yes like you were stressed when the price of one or one bitcoin was traded at a higher valuation than it is right now and you're less stressed now that it's at a lower valuation which by the way to me doesn't make sense because i don't know how you're stressed when you have more units of canadian dollar available to you uh if you were to sell bitcoin uh or if you wanted to use canadian dollars to sell bitcoin but but the i guess the point is are you doing it because you want to get really rich later or are you doing it because... Doing what? Are you buying Bitcoin because you want to be really wealthy later? Or are you buying Bitcoin because of like five other things that it really helps you with? Like um, Those five protect other against things. inflation or yeah. give you access to your own... Um, well, give you complete control over your own wealth. Those five other things and and like riches mm-hmm. in the future. Like I, I do think that's an eventual uh, eventuality for us. But uh, like it's those five other things that like a plan B if all else go, all else fails, or plan B if the Canadian dollar fails, which I don't think it will very soon or in the near future, but eventually probably. Yeah, I think it fails slowly. Yeah. yeah, we're talking about 100-year cycles. So we're here in 2022 and they might oh. happen in 2050. Yeah, I'm thinking it'll happen in our lifetime. Yeah. But again, we're just sitting here speculating. <laughs> no, I do think that currencies fail because... Uh, well, one, because of the the video um, by Ray Dalio on principles. Yeah, that's um, a ridiculously amazing video. Yeah, changing world order. Changing world order. And I'm not saying this... Uh, because I'm, you know, I'm going against what I just said. Past predictors cannot be, or past, what, what did you say? Past events are not a predictor of future events or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but cycles are cycles. Like, you know, so in... Yeah, you are totally like, contradicting yourself because no, that's not, exactly because, what the no, Bitcoin stock to flow ratio cyclic- is built on. The it, Bitcoin it, stock to flow ratio is not cyclical because cyc- it's, yeah, it is. That's cyclical. There's, like uh, it tracks the Bitcoin cycles ab- on um, like the halving cycles. Okay, with respect to Ray Dalio's video mm-hmm. on changing world orders, he talked about the ebb and flow of an economy, and especially since uh, empires or dynasties in the past have taken money into their own hands and how they have failed at managing it, and how this particular event of uh, a dynasty or an empire taking money into their own own, own hands and trying to manipulate it and trying to yield it, wield its power and just terribly failing has occurred over and over and over again over hundreds of years. Yeah. Um. So, with, this is why I do believe that I don't think a particular country like the United States of America is able to maintain the status and the power and the responsibility that comes with being um the world reserve, reserve currency, currency yeah. is just it's impossible for like a human to be able to control that much power which is why i think that eventually we will fail yeah i, I kind of like to think about it as a biological life form in a lot of ways and yeah, okay. it's like it has a, a birth yeah. a life and a death yeah it's like it won't last forever it's yeah. picking out where it does like I don't know. Can you name anything that that's like actually lasted thousands of years, like other than the Bible and like stories and myths, right? Like it's myths and stories that that span centuries and millennia. It's like currencies don't do that, other than right. gold. Like gold's kind of done that, but that's uh, 
like a, uh, a something that exists naturally, right? And then we've ascribed value to it differently, different values over other spans of time. It's yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, you said that you wanted to talk about first principles in this episode. Back to the basics. Oh, that is oh. Yeah. That's like, not first principles. It's not first principles. Did I say first principles? You did. Maybe you said back to the basics and I heard first principles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't rem- Maybe I was thinking of Elon Musk. I don't remember. First principles would be like, here's your financial literacy tips that uh, like tr- help you get through this recession that we're all facing. It's like, I don't know. We did a little I, bit of first principles with like, take your money off of exchanges. I would no, say that's a first principle. No. No, I don't think I don't. That's not that. That's that is not how I would define first principles. How would you define first principles? It's thinking from scratch, but you have to have a problem, mm, right? Okay. Like for example, with uh, SpaceX, you being able to land a rocket so you can reuse the shell, right? And then first thinking principles, from first principles, thinking how just forget Start how a rocket, scratch, yeah, forget how a rocket is built. the The goal that we want to get to is a rocket should be able to land itself yeah i don't think i started this episode talking about first <laughs> no, principles you just, no 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 before the episode when i asked you what you want to talk about anyway that's not the point um where were we i'm not sure but let Good. me you pad the the content here i'm gonna just bring up my my list here we're 30 minutes in and my uh hands smell like spices <laughs> <laughs> you asked me to pad. I did ask you to pad. I wasn't quite expecting. So Maruga made kimchi. Um, because Maruga, what have you been uh, watching recently? You've been on a cooking kick since I started my job. Um, yeah. Maybe we, we do a quick segment about what I've been doing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been working at a company called Saz Mining, and uh, Saz Mining is a Bitcoin mining company that aims to make Bitcoin mining as simple as setting up a Netflix subscription. So uh, if you don't know how to buy a miner and plug it in and run the electricity and yada, yada, yada. You don't um, have to. You don't have to. Saz Mining makes it easy. By the way, they did not sponsor this episode, episode <laughs> you, but I'm making it sound like yeah. a, a total sales pitch. You're making it sound like you're reading reading it off of a script. Yeah, but I'm actually really just enthusiastic about this company. Like, I'm really enjoying working for them um, and building their product. Like, a, I'm a software engineer there, and uh, so I'm, like, helping build the payments portal and uh, the, the dashboard the dashboard, and yada, yada, yada. It's, it's a lot of fun. But I'm learning a lot about energy and, and mining because... Uh, like, if you've listened to the last 20 episodes of this show, we actually, I think we've done a number of episodes on energy and, and mining nah, in general. I don't think so. You don't? Okay. Well, I don't remember it. If you've watched the last 98 episodes <laughs> of this show, we've done <laughs> no, at least I, a couple. On I don't think we've actually energy. done on anything on renewable mining Bitcoin with renewable resources. We which interviewed is- Jamie King for um this machine greens and then we had a couple of episodes right, about Keegan. the climate conversation so, <laughs> with respect to sas mining yes. are they 100% renewable well our first facility is run by hydroelectric okay it's up already uh okay. well no it's okay. it might be by the time this episode airs okay. I, I mean it, it almost certainly will be if this airs in january okay yeah um so why do you think sas mining is why why do you like working with sas mining Oh, the people there are like, it's a really nice company to work for in just in terms of the, okay, so we're all remote, 
right? And I work at home uh, here from Halifax, Nova Scotia. I work with Americans, Peruvians, Portuguese people. Um, and we're all like pretty <laughs> bullish on Bitcoin. And we like get together. We do these like water cooler chats. Um, I'm not talking anything about Bitcoin here. Am I? No, no but... It's just, I, it's run by like really good people. They're very right. knowledgeable. They're good at what they do. We have a small team and we're all extremely dedicated to the cause. And like the cause is changing the way that people relate to money and energy. That's kind of like a tagline, an internal tagline in the company. Um, and like during the interview process, um, I told them that like, you know, these are the areas of my life that I am really focused on right now. It's like energy, huge issue with energy right now in the world with respect to Germany and the war in Ukraine. And like, are they going to have enough energy to get through the winter? Yada, 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 right? Energy prices is skyrocketing in, in Europe and UK. It's like, it's a huge issue generating energy. And so like, I've naturally gravitated to it's like, okay, what things help us generate more energy? How do we solve this problem? And then like money, obviously, is is a big interest of mine. So I, I'm like, I'm a good fit <laughs> for this company, <laughs> if I do say so myself. <laughs> anyway, so while I'm uh, doing this, this um, working for this company, uh, you've been uh, cooking. <laughs> wow, <laughs> quite Keegan, a lot. you make that sound like I'm cooking while you work. Um no, that, that but you're also running our business. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I am. Because I have less time to run the business, but you're running the business and you're also, um, like you have found uh, a passion in, um, in in cooking various things. That's and you true. had your hands in kimchi before this episode. Yeah, which is my, my hands smell like Korean chili peppers. and That's why you decided to pad the content <laughs> <laughs> with, with the mention of your the smell of your hands. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, you did you look at your phone? I did look at my phone. Yeah, SAS mining was actually not on there, but it was um, it was good. Um, yeah. So I have back to basics. Uh, what this means to you? Where we're going? Uh, what we've been up to? And where are we going? Um, so I actually think we we more or less covered this. Like, where are we going? Uh, we we spoke at the beginning of this episode that we'll be um, starting like a different podcast. Yeah. And like uh, a flavor of that is like something i want to get into next okay. and and then like this will take us to the end of the episode all right um and it does actually have quite a bit to do with bitcoin and cryptocurrency in my opinion because like one of the pillars of bitcoin and crypto is uh is privacy and anonymity and when i'm uh, i've been on twitter recently and one of the things i'm reading is uh like jordan peterson um he recently uh, has been like kind of outspoken against anonymity and privacy. Uh, like one tweet in particular, it was like uh, someone tweeted something like, "Everyone should have the right to privacy," and he just he just tweeted cowards, uh, and I was like, I "Don't know about that, man." Like like Satoshi Nakamoto, for example, is an is a an idol of sorts, or like at least a figure that like means a lot to me and that person's anonymous right like what they gave to the world i think would not be as meaningful if their identity were revealed i, I thought this other person had a really great rebuttal because jordan peterson really likes george orwell i didn't know this but george orwell was his pen name george like george orwell's real name was something else um, oh yeah it was eric something 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 and i was like oh that's interesting like I didn't see Jordan like Jordan Peterson respond to that, but I wonder how he would respond to that. Um, 
and so this is to say like we're talking go full crypto here and anonymity does happen to be related but like we want the ability to explore other topics on our future podcast and like one of them would be like a whole episode for example on like privacy and anonymity and we could uh steel man each other's views on like uh on, on this opinion for example that like I, privacy should be a thing that everyone has the ability to have like what do you think about that and just with that discussion about anonymity and privacy well i think that we've given up a huge chunk of our private lives not we as in you and i but anybody who is digitally made their lives uh, visible either through pictures or through tweets or just being on Facebook, for example, or even Gmail for that matter with their real first and last name. And we've, and I don't know what privacy means anymore because in a digital world and a hyper digitized world, we have to redefine what privacy means because if you think of it, even 40 years ago, privacy was completely different based on where people lived or what people's lives and social settings were so i think that saying what is privacy to you uh, is very contextual based on who you're talking to where they live and that's a really good what point. they do what even what they do for a living because some people are social media influencers and what is their privacy like? It's very different from someone who is a farmer, for example, or someone who just wants to keep to themselves because they want to keep to themselves. I'm almost hearing that uh, like privacy is defined almost by the tools that take it away. Yeah, but take what away? Privacy is not... <laughs> I know, right? It's like, it's like a circular definition of sorts. No, I, I don't know. I think that we need to... There needs to be... Privacy is probably an umbrella term, but to be more specific about what kind of privacy is important to understand if something is taken away willingly or, or if some if you're giving something away willingly versus if something is just taken from you. So for example, I'm giving away willingly my privacy on where I live, uh, what my date of birth is, you know, how many years I went to school, how many years I've been in business. I, if someone Googled that, they'd be able to see all of that information about what I've been up to and what right. I'm doing right now. Yeah. Or simply even by listening to this podcast, right? But does that mean that I also want people to have the ability to put their hand in my bank account and take money from my bank account for whatever reason, right? Like uh, CBDCs, for example, they take away a chunk of my privacy that I don't want to give, which is what I spend money on. Uh, and I think that part of part of the bank system already does that, right? If you log on, it'll show you, you've spent 30% of your monthly income has been spent on groceries, 10% on entertainment, 20% on travel and all of that. And do I want my bank to know how much of it, how, how, what I'm spending and categorize it for me? Somewhere, I actually just ticked a box that said, sure, do whatever you want with my data. But if they sell that to somebody else or if they sell that to the government and if we come become, um, if we move to the social credit system where now I'm not allowed to spend more than 10% on entertainment because of my monthly income and I don't get to make that decision myself, but somebody else is making that decision for me, 
I would say that that is a huge chunk of my privacy that I don't want anybody to have access to. So let's tr- let's try to put a couple definitions in place then. Like it, it sort of seems like privacy is uh, like the ability to uh, decide whether or not to give or not give your data to whoever is after the, that data. Um, may it be a government or a, um, a social media platform or just someone on the other end of the phone. Like they're asking for some information. And you say, no, like I want my privacy, right? I'm not going to give this data to you. Where anonymity might be, um, you're putting that data out, but it's disassociated from your um from your identity and like the example i'd go back to is george orwell george orwell put a bunch of data out his books but he disassociated that data from the identity his actual identity itself so like it's but don't we know what the we do know yeah we do know yeah yeah because george orwell's dead and like yeah it all came out after after he's dead but i mean after you're dead it doesn't really matter in, in some sense um in some sense who you were yeah uh we don't know if satoshi nakamoto is and we don't dead. we don't know if they're dead or not either. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think that like I don't want their identity to come out because I think it'll completely change the way that I personally conceptualize a part of Bitcoin's history. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. And I don't want that part to change because it provides a very important pillar to the strength that Bitcoin provides to everybody. Yeah, just or like as a money or as a value system. The fact that it's faceless and therefore like, I think privacy is having a choice to to withhold or to give away whatever piece of information yeah that that so that you source that that comes from you so in that sense like privacy and freedom are pretty pretty linked in that sense too i don't know we'd have to just get into that a little bit deeper uh, because they are two different words for yeah for a reason and we just have to explore what situations they would apply to what freedom and privacy yeah yeah we'd have to explore them contextually yeah yeah i agreed yeah we would have to do that don't exactly have all the time in the world to (laughs) to do that right now because those are two big words uh, that you know have gained a lot of momentum in the social zeitgeist in in the Um, latest years with respect to anonymity i don't really recall word for word but edward snowden had written um a rebuttal or a a thread on someone saying, well, I have nothing to hide. You know, I'm not afraid of you looking at my data because I got nothing to hide. And I, I wish I, I could remember, but he drew some really good analogies on... He likens it to free speech. He said, um, saying that you've got nothing to hide in the context of privacy is like saying that you've got nothing to say in the context of free speech. Oh, really? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a hard <laughs> well hitter. Said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's that's wicked. Really well said. Yeah. Um, no, I, I like to think of these things almost like insurance, actually. Um, like free speech is uh, it's um, something you'd rather have and not need than something you need and not have. And that's the same thing with privacy. I'd, li- I'd rather have my privacy and not need to use it, right? Not have to opt to use my privacy. I'd rather be like more or less a transparent and open person. But if I need to have privacy and I need to implement it, like, by damn, I, I, I want to have it available to me. I want to have the tools and skills to implement privacy. Yeah, I don't, like, I want to be able to select who and when and where and what situations I, I give out those data that are associated with my identity. Yeah. And, and data doesn't just mean digital data either. Data in this context actually just means 
probably in chunks of your time or information about your whereabouts my or, skills or your family or I, th- I think there's way more to um way more physical data yeah to that data as there's well. my financial data my identity data there's my history yeah yeah so it's interesting big. It's big topic. yeah topic what do you think about the whole coward comment um i don't like name calling no no me neither and that's a name isn't it yeah well calling someone a coward takes away your chance or uh, what does it do saying some saying coward to someone without following up with anything else first off is taking yourself out of the equation already by passing your judgment um so it's like jordan peterson saying you're a coward and then taking him off of that entire thing altogether and just like commenting on it but that's it not being open to anything more um by having that sort of name calling and i see that a lot with respect to um, people that are on the left and people that are on the right it starts with name calling the other day i was on instagram and somebody posted a picture of a quote that pierre Polyev said and the caption for that by this person started with what an idiot and then what yeah, a moron wasn't it no i th- i think it was what an idiot either anyway, what an idiot synonyms, or what yeah. a moron yeah and yeah. then like more things and I, I commented on it but i also thought to myself wow what a way to um to put someone down before actually uh, saying something against their point of view so my thoughts on jordan peterson's comments are that i just i don't think calling someone a coward is a nice thing to do uh, but it also makes yourself look like a coward because you're just saying one thing and then you know going to the next thing that you can comment on right um but you're not you're not standing there making your comment and you're there to engage yeah he's not doing it to engage he's doing it to just pass his comment and then that's it which if if he wants to do that great but like i don't think that it's yeah i can't get on board with name calling yeah regardless of who doesn't like i like the guy got a lot of value from jordan peterson but (laughs) like that's not one of his finer moments um yeah and and that's fine yeah, and even with even with people that you don't like, I think that people with more influence or people whose faces you see more, I don't know, I've, I've been noticing that uh, like a common person who doesn't have the same kind of reach that someone who's famous or someone in a position of power has, like the common person is uh, feels some sort of entitlement or feels an entitlement to pass a comment bringing them down from their position uh, without actually wanting to understand what they're saying. And I've, I'm seeing this a lot take place with people that are very staunchly leftists or very staunchly believers of the, the right wing. And uh, I think that that just isolates them more and puts them more in their own bubble, not wanting to realize that they're just part of a bigger whole, uh, like WH Oily. And that you have to live two with feet of the this, same body. Uh, yeah, you have to yeah. live with this other person because they're still part of your country. Yeah, right. Like 
yeah they make your country function also both both sides do yeah otherwise it it would what would it be but (laughs) the problem (laughs) though is that even within the parties when they uh like from the conservative debate that we went to in ottawa earlier this year even within their party they're name calling one another yeah and saying well you did this back in 2008 and then the other person be like well you did that that one time and it's like wait you're you are wanting to make yourself look like you want to be the leader because i think it was a debate for who gets to be elected the leader of the conservative party conservative party yeah and like even they themselves didn't give off the vibe that they were wanted to be together or work together because they themselves were name calling each other so if that is the example of your leadership that is what the people are going to look at and maybe even adopt. Emulate. And emulate, yeah. yeah we so emulate our leaders. You can't blame people for taking such a strong side without actually um, accepting and introducing nuance into the conversation because nuance is way harder to introduce and it's also way harder to live with, especially in a position of leadership because if you want to be a leader, I think that if someone wants to grab that sort of power how can they also think of sharing it uh, without actually being uh, i don't know more experienced or philosophically in a different place in their heads so this is a really long answer to what i think of what jordan peterson said to the response of coward but (laughs) i think it like it all comes down to i don't know what, what makes you sleep well at night if for jordan peterson it is saying the word coward because one of my principles is also live and let live like don't disrupt my peace disrupt your own peace if you want if that's what you want but don't do it to me like live and let live so if for jordan peterson saying coward to someone if that's how he wants to live and that's what makes him sleep at night it's his life right like his life is completely different from my life yeah so live and let live this seems like a good place to yeah call it a call it an episode. Okay, did I ramble? No, I don't I hope think I so. I didn't ramble. If I did ramble, I hope you like enjoyed it. <laughs> I hope you like my ramble. If you like my ramble, please leave me a comment about my ramble. Tag my ramble. Chop up my ramble and put it on YouTube All right. so we can get more likes. Well, we're at ninety nine episodes, and we're gonna do a hundred. We'll reveal more about. Or we will reveal the show that we're going to start, which is Keegan and I. If you have any comments or a name, um, hit us up. We're on <laughs> social media. My so name far, is Murugakshi. His it's going to be the Keegan and Murugakshi show. That's the name. That's, that's the working title. Yeah. We've thought months so, about so this. <laughs> and that's what we've arrived at. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if you hate it, let us know. And if you love it, let us know. And if you have better ideas, let us know. Yeah. You know where to find us. That's right. All right. Everybody, hope you're doing well. Talk to you next time.